This is a podcast from Rover. Rex Today with NetSpeed. Connecting the country and now with mobile phones. Now I'm a farmer and I'm digging, 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 digging. G'day everybody, how are we getting on? This is the Rex Daily Podcast for Friday the 11th of August. Great to have your company in a moment. Kate Ackland, the Chair of Beef and Lamb New Zealand, has written a couple of opinion pieces recently on the back of a number of road shows around uh, the country or one roadshow 50 feedback session so we'll find out a bit more about what the farmer feedback from that was and how uh, Kate is handling the criticism that has been aimed at Beef and Lamb New Zealand in regards to the levy so that's to come and then it's a Friday so we're going to talk sport as well we do that of course with Hamish Mackay who incidentally was at the Arable Awards last night at Wigram near Christchurch congratulations to all the winners we will find out more about those winners later on in the show that's all coming up here on the podcast now I'm a farmer All right, but first up on the program today, well, Beef and Lamb have just completed 50 feedback sessions around New Zealand, giving farmers a chance to get things off their chest. And what is on their minds? Get things off their chest, I'm sure they did as well. Chair Kate Ackland joins us now. Nice to talk. How are you, Kate? I'm really well done. How are you? A bit chilly this morning, but all where, good. where are you based? Uh, we're Mount Summers, so mid-Canterbury, so here oh, we're yes. just being a snow yesterday, but um, it's all gone today, but it's, uh, it's fresh. Yeah, it's fresh down in uh, Dunedin as well. Um, Kate, the uh, feedback sessions, uh, how'd they go? Yeah, look, they went really well, really well received by farmers. I think people just wanted the opportunity, or you know, wanted us to front up, listen to concerns, yeah. and um, it went really well. Yeah, what were some of the big uh, concerns out there? What were the recurring themes, I guess you'd you'd call them? Well, a lot of it what you'd expect, you know, views around Hebokka Rekinawa and some of the advocacy positions that we've taken, and, and really good to sort of listen to that and actually you know, acknowledge that we need to be really transparent when we're, when we're going through these processes. But the other thing that came through really loudly and clearly is that farmers want to hear more of us around the extension, the R&D, you know, all that good core stuff that uh, actually contributes to profitability and productivity on farm and, and you know, gives us the tools that we need on farm, especially at the moment, because it's bloody tough out there at the moment. So we really need to focus on you know, the tools that farmers have got to get through this tough period. Yeah, I mean, tough's an understatement, isn't it? Every uh, farming or agriculture-related headline I read at the moment is just filled with the doom and the gloom. Yeah, look, at I mean... We've been through this before and, and we can sort of only hope that it, it is a moment in time and it will pass. But I mean, I know firsthand, like for us, this is going to be a really, really tough year. And, and I think like farmers all over the country, we're certainly tightening our belt and uh, focusing really tightly on what we spend our money on. Yeah, it's interesting because um, there has been a bit of uh, toing and froing in uh, various online publications in recent times, and I know that you've read those and you've responded to them, which has been really interesting because there was there was um, a correspondent uh, raising a question recently about what does my levy buy me in terms of his beef and lamb New Zealand levy. Yeah, look, and I mean, it's a really fair question to ask, actually, and, and it indicates to me we need to do a better job of actually telling farmers all the stuff that we do do other than advocacy and really just, I suppose, shine a light on all the good work that our teams are doing in R&D and research, and, and maybe we need to do more of that stuff. So, 
you know, it's been a really great process, this whole feedback session. It's been good for us as directors to hear firsthand what sort of farmers are looking for. And we've got a few things in the pipeline. We're going to make a few sort of fundamental changes post these feedback sessions. We're having a look at our, our strategy and, and our purpose and just making sure that we've actually got it right. Do you feel that uh, beef and lamb have got it right, largely? I know there's always tweaks and improvements that can be made to anything, but, uh, you know, as a broad picture offering, do you think that uh, you're on the right track? You know, absolutely. We offer a huge amount of value to farmers, but that it's, it's entirely appropriate that we have a look and just make sure that we've got the focus and the energy pointed in the right direction. And that's what we're doing, and that's sort of a, a key result out of these feedback sessions. Um, I also note that uh, you were uh, discussing criticism recently and that criticism was around basically the beef and lamb is always quick to support the government and never says no to anything, almost seems to be working against farmers sometimes. What, when you read stuff like that, what, what goes through your mind? Well, look, I mean, personally, I find that sort of thing pretty gutting because absolutely the reason I am here is because I care about the future of family farming in New Zealand and trying to find you know, a meaningful way through that. So look, look, what it shows to me is actually we need to be a bit more transparent at showing you how we reach the positions we've reached and, and be really open with farmers. Now, the other big one, of course, is uh, the climate change issue. And um, you've argued there's no justification for pricing emissions because largely in the sheep and beef sector, you know, um, we're on track to meet those targets. We are absolutely on track to meet those targets. And we've got you know, some more data out this week showing actually how the impact of afforestation and land use change has or the impact it's had on our sector and the reductions in stock numbers we're facing. And, you know, that combined with productivity gains, our sheep and beef sector particularly is well on track to meet the targets that the government's put in place. So it's just not appropriate to be putting a price on our emissions when we're on track to meet those targets. Now, but, but I'm still really in support of actually measuring and reporting and telling that good story of, of what we're doing. So... You know, measuring and reporting, yes, but absolutely, at this point in time, it's just not appropriate to be putting a price on emissions. Yeah, actually, I had a really good chat with Julian Ashby this week from Beef and Lamb, your Chief Insights Officer there, and uh, we're talking about the conversion of good farmland into forestry. Geez, uh, the, the numbers there are quite extraordinary. Oh, look, it is a lot, and, and Julian and his team, your Beef and Lamb team, are really uh, closely watching this, and, and we're hugely concerned. I see that uh, Beef and Lamb, you've got an independent report or uh, you've released an independent report on ETS options as well. So uh, there's clearly a bit to unpack there. Yeah, look, and there's a consultation happening uh, at the moment. So I'd really strongly encourage farmers to get involved in that. There's information on the Beef and Lamb website. Um, Really, really encourage farmers to sort of spend their time getting their head around those challenges. And challenges they are. I mean, we're in a um, bit of a crossroads here um, as, as, as the sector goes. Um, how do you feel it's going to pan out? I mean, as you say, like there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes. Um, but, uh, you know, people are asking questions. There's a lot going on. It's a crazy time for you to come into this, uh, into this role, Kate, isn't it? Oh, look, it has been a crazy few months since I've been in. But... Um Look, I, our future has a really, uh, sorry, our sector, I believe, has got a really strong future ahead of it. Um, I think what we're facing is maybe some unintended consequences of, of some of the regulations that have been put in, for, put in place. And, 
you know, as much as I say, Beeson Lamb really wants to focus on, you know, all, the, all those tools behind the farm gate to, to make the boat go faster for farmers, we will still continue to advocate to, to make sure that the policies that are put in place are sensible and there's not going to be unintended consequences uh, like we're seeing at the moment. Very good. Hey, nice to catch up with you, Kate. Appreciate your time as always. All good. Nice to talk. Rex today. With NetSpeed. Internet till the cows come home. Sport in just a moment with our man Hamish Mackay, but first here at Rural Exchange, we recommend NetSpeed as your provider for connectivity, internet and phone supported by NetSpeed's local New Zealand team. Give the NetSpeed team a call. They'll work with you to find the best solution and you can get them online as well at netspeed.net.nz. Rex today with NetSpeed. Rural, urban and everywhere in between. All right, it is time for Sport on a Friday. Our man Hamish Mackay from the airport today. How you going, big dog? Yeah, excellent, thank you. Just had a great night at the New Federated Farmers New Zealand Arable Farmers Awards in Christchurch and 600 people dom at the Wigram Museum. What a cracking old night. And, you know, I quite like the old arable farmers. There's something a little bit different about the cut of their jib and uh, a really enjoyable night and, and, and a good celebration and, and at a time that's pretty tough for everybody, as you know, on the land. Can you tell me who was the uh, who took it out, the uh, the, the big award? What was uh, What went on there? Yeah, well, the big gong is, of course, is the uh, is the well, it's the overall arable farmer of the year, and that went to Hugh Ritchie, who's a very uh, progressive, innovative farmer. He's got two thousand odd hectares in the Central Hawkes Bay, uh, as he says, that grew during Cyclone Gabriel when he was part of the White Pawa River for three days. Um, but he's he's you know he's uh, he's just a bloody nice guy and uh, very innovative and. Uh, he, look, he, he, he's a guy that'll talk across all sectors and integrates well, you know. Just, um, yeah, just a, an excellent farmer by all accounts. And he took out the uh, the top award. Our, our good favourites, our good friends, the, the Alls from um, All Farm Whiskey. Uh, they were, again, uh, a winner. Oh, uh, Rob, Rob and Tony there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Rob yeah. and Tony. Yeah. Know, they, they came through in the arable food champion, which is, you know, any, um, you know, pr- promote or sell amazing food or beverages beverage is, uh, is, the, is the go there and uh, obviously they have a very good set up there um, you know they made a decision to look for, for you know to diversify and make more use of the land that they have and uh, they're now the third biggest whiskey producer in New Zealand and uh, they're, one, they're only one of a handful of distilleries around the world that can be called Dom I know you'll know you like this chance because I know you like this sort of thing Seed to sip. Oh, I like that. Oh, That's good. Yeah. Dumb, yeah. Eh? yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I've up to do old mate too, Phil Jackson, who used to be with Carter's Tires. He's there with oh, the yeah. Farmers Mill, New Zealand Flower. Big uh, Phil. Um, looking very dapper he was too. So, no, good night. A great night. Federated Farmers. Um, Terry, everybody, all the team there, you know, just good, good to catch up. All right, good stuff. Well, uh, that's brilliant, and we'll be uh, hearing more from the Arable Awards on the Rex podcast over the next day or two as well. Uh, Hamish doing the the job for us there. Now, uh, let's look at a bit of sport. Eddie Jones has named his World Cup squad. I think I read, Hamish, that the average age is 26, the average number of caps is 20, and I suppose when you take out Michael Hooper and Quade Cooper out of the mix, you're going to lower that average, aren't you? Yeah, look, I, I don't know what the story is, you know, with Michael Hooper, I can't understand that. Um, just not sure what's going on there. Uh, Quade Cooper, yeah, look, this Carter Gordon that's been at first 5'8", I, I, I think he's like a sort of loose, pizzle, pizzle rare, but raw bone kind of guy that could get very good very quickly. 
But I don't know. I, I don't think Australian rugby is in as good a position as it was when Dave Rennie was axed as coach at the end of last year for for for, for Eddie. Yeah, and, uh, I, I think it's a mat- that, that, that that and we've spoken about that. That's a huge. That was a huge mistake from from Australian I rugby. Think so. Yeah, I think so. I think that that was a team heading in the right direction, and I don't think um, that the, the CEO and whoever is responsible for this in Australian rugby read the room on that one. Look, if I have a look at the guy, um, yeah, Carter Gordon. Look, um, clearly there's potential in that in that kid, but I looked at uh, some of the, the the first test against um, against the All Blacks that they that they played, not the one in Dunedin, the one before. And I look, I thought that in the first half he was having an absolute shocker of a game. To be perfectly honest, I thought he made four or five crucial errors, and uh, I think he's probably got the ability. But when I look at World Cup winning sides, Hamish, look at the first fives that have been there. You need a world class first five, and Mohammed opinion, Grant Fox, Michael Liner, Johnny Wilkinson, you know, you go Dan Carter, you go through the list and, uh, you know, um, you really do. I I think that history would bear that out, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, I think so. Um, um, Now you see, now you put me into quiz mode. Nah, exactly. Who was the first five? Yeah, yeah. Well, that was Um, Joel Stransky. Joel Stransky. And of course he won them, you know, look, he, he held his nerve uh, didn't he in that fifteen twelve victory against the All Blacks in one of the those games for the ages? You know, uh, with the with the drop kicks. You know, him and Mertz having having pots every sort of oh. few minutes. You know, yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, who who was Wallaby first five eight? Uh, did they win and they won? And oh, it would have been it would have been uh, Larkham. Larkham. It would have yeah. been Larkham. So you know, yeah, another world class yeah. player. Exactly. Um, who was the yeah. Springboks one last time? It would have been Pollard. Yeah, Andre Pollard, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, interestingly, you know, interestingly, sorry, yeah. I just want to say, he's out of the World Cup squad yeah. as well uh, for the South Africans, um, along with Lou Diaga. He's out yeah, as well, out. and yeah, Am the centre. Yeah, so two or three key guys out there, but I watched and I sat down and I watched their naming um, uh, event, and they've still got some huge, big, you know what, you know. I tell you oh, what, yeah, I, they'll still yeah. be good. No, oh, look, some and some of those backs um, are so good on their feet. You know, we don't, you know, don't let's not get drawn into the old South African playing ten man rugby. They won't be, yeah. So, um, you know, that uh, there's a fair chance we'll get either them or Ireland in a quarter final. So we need to be keeping a very close eye on them. Yeah, agreed. And uh, when I look at the Wallabies World Cup draw as well, I mean they're going to have a couple of tough games. They've got the Welsh, which is going to be tough, but then they've got niggly games. I feel against Georgia and Fiji. And uh, if those yep. teams can hit their straps, then um, you know I think the Wallabies could be in for a torrid World Cup. That's just my opinion. Looking at that squad yeah. that they've named, they've changed the yeah. captain Skelton and uh, McDermott, the new halfback. They've been named as co-captain, so he's wiped the slate clean as Eddie Jones. And there's just not enough time. I think uh, to create a uh, you know a, a team that's going to threaten a, a William Webb Ellis Trophy. Yeah, look, I, I, I look, I agree with you, but I think that my view is I think they've still got enough ammunition to take advantage of what is compared to the All Blacks, Ireland, France, and South Africa still a favourable draw. I can still see them playing England in a semi. Okay, interesting, good stuff. Yeah, All right, yeah. I like it. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Um, okay, what else has been happening? Netball. What's going netball, on in the netball? Yeah, well, we yeah, just I think we're awful. Just, I just kind of like a little bit of a like you know, oh, it's sort of you know, oh, we did this. No, we just got beaten. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Got during the tournament, you know, it's like. You know, all the sort of the doom and gloom and the, you know, the going for the coach and, you know, 
look, the reality is we just weren't good enough. We lost our key our key goal shoot, and that was it. We were out of contention anyway. And whether we would have been in contention uh, with Grace Mawicki, I'm not sure, but it certainly was a lot. FIFA Women's World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few big names, the USA and the likes gone, you know. Um, we've got Spain, Netherlands, Japan, Sweden, uh, Australia, France, which is great. Australia's still in there as a, sort of the leading host of it. And then I think what have we got? England, Colombia. Yeah. The Colombians are in there. Do you remember that Colombian footballer they had over here? That big curly ringlet here? I'm trying to think of his name. That was the year that they had the player go home and they had gone to a bit of an argument outside a nightclub and got shot dead. Oh, losing a game, isn't it? I think it was Valderrama, wasn't that his name? Yeah. Interesting country, though, Colombia. Oh, you know? yeah. They love a bit yeah. of football over there. I, That's I right. You go right there, actually, Dom. I think there might be one or two things in Colombia that you might take a shining to. You know, it would be an interesting place. You mean the bananas? Yes, yes, yes. Of course. Healthy things, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Beaches. Yeah. yeah. Beaches, um, bananas, <laughs> um, quality retail, good wine, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Don't know what you're implying. Um, and uh, what else? Oh, there was another thing. We got, oh, the, the, the let's cycling. end uh, success. The cycling, brilliant yeah. performance from the New Zealanders. You know it was happening. You'd hardly know it was happening. World cycling champs, a bit like the world track and field champs coming up. Where's Athletics New Zealand behind promoting a very good team that we've got? But um, world cycling champs have been happening in Glasgow. Like of Elise Andrew has gone well for the women. Aaron Gate took out the gold in the points race. Cam Stewart, the rest of them. Yeah, we've got our biggest ever medal hall at a cycling world champs, and it's, uh, you know, under the radar big time, but what a good effort. Yep, fantastic. Good stuff. Right, you've got a bird to catch. Hamish Mackay, a pleasure as always, my friend. Take it easy. Over and out. Rural Focus, brought to you by Carter's Tyres, specialists in ag tyres, supporting NZ farmers for 35 years. All right, quite a bit of news to get through today. I see that Fonterra says its full-year dividend will be at the top end of its forecast range of 65 to 80 cents per share. Chief Executive Miles Harrell says the co-op is still in the process of finalising and uh, having its financial year numbers audited. Uh, but he does say that Fonterra has reported strong earnings through uh, the year off the back of favourable ingredients margins. Uh, what else is happening out there at the moment? I see ongoing efforts to tackle one of our biggest emissions headaches, how to slash the amount of greenhouse gases coming from farms. has reached a bit of a major milestone with New Zealand's first ever approval of a methane inhibitor. I can tell you on uh, tomorrow's podcast we're going to be talking with Tony Leggett from NZ Farm Life Media about that. So looking forward to that one. And, uh, of course, I've got to say congratulations again uh, to the Arable Farmer of the Year, Hugh Ritchie. We'll hear from him on the programme uh, tomorrow as well and all the other winners at the Arable Awards last night and Christchurch. And we'll leave you with uh, what they're calling tax tape. And uh, Agriculture Minister Damien O'Connor has told the Red Meat Industries happy with a recording of the debate being released. Now, this debate was at the Red Meat Sector Conference last weekend, and um, basically O'Connor said that the government was hard-pressed trying to find funds to respond to Cyclone Gabriel. The bit, I think, that got uh, the crowd a little bit upset and what's prompted uh, people to ask for this tape is his call that we probably don't have enough tax in this country. I'll leave you that one. For the weekend, you can go and find out a bit more about it yourself. Catch you tomorrow. Rex today with NetSpeed. Internet solutions for everyone and their dog.